I'm teaching, this is Jim Brown on at Grace and Truth Ministries. I'm teaching on the coronavirus. Why it's here? It's here because Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26 says, the Lord says, Moses, you tell Israel if they go after it, if they don't keep my statutes and commandments, and you go after any other doctrine or any other gods, I'm going to send four judgments on you. And the four judgments will be the sword, that's war, and you'll lose. You'll go against your enemy one way, and you'll flee seven ways. That's an opposition. If you obey me, you'll go against your enemy one way, and they'll flee seven ways. But all you have to do is change the meaning of the words of the Bible. That's what Satan did in Genesis, that third chapter. He told Eve, did God say you cannot eat of all the trees of the garden? He knew better than that. God said you can't eat of the tree in the middle of the garden. So he started false doctrine by twisting God's words. That's what he did. That's what the preachers in the world today are doing. I've got a title up here, Coronavirus, Coronavirus Results, colon. Here's the results of coronavirus. America's hearts are hardened by the winds of doctrine. Most preachers are lying. Every, all the churches in America, the preachers are lying. They're, they've got Christmas. I figured out Christmas was pagan when I was about 12 years old in Fort Worth, Texas. Nobody told me anything about it. Never read anything about it. I had heard from my father, who was a Baptist preacher. He was a very shallow Baptist preacher, didn't know much about the truth. But I heard him talking to his friends about the Roman Catholics being being wrong, and they wouldn't tell him the truth. In fact, he went to a church one time, went to a special meeting of a of a guy and had been a converted Catholic priest. And he came home talking about it. And I remember in the third grade, my third grade teacher was uh, Miss Underwood. That's all I remember. Remember what she looked like. Don't know why. And I remember her standing up and saying, that the Christmas tree was related to the maple tree in Russia. And I found out the maple tree was paganism. And I was sitting there in Fort Worth as a little boy watching the Midnight Mass. My father went out and bought a, a TV. It was a box about this big, about three feet long, about a foot and a half high. And it had a little bitty, tiny, eight-inch screen on it, about like that. And we didn't know anything about a movie in a house. We, it was the craziest thing I ever heard of. I heard that one guy down the street, a, a guy named Bill, his father bought one. And they had a gigantic screen. It was 17 inches. And we watched everything. All we had was two stations. We had NBC and CBS. ABC hadn't caught on in all the areas of the country. And so all we had was rabbit ears and 
and the horizontal hole would flip over like that and the screen would get sideways and we'd say, somebody adjust the horizontal hole. Reach around the back and get a hold of it. Get this straightened up. And that happened all the time you were watching. And uh, we'd watch everything. I Love Lucy was one of the most popular shows on TV in 1951 and 52. And we'd watch wrestling. I remember watching wrestling on Tuesday night. I thought it was the real thing. <laughs> I didn't know it was fake. It's put on. And uh, we'd watch the Midnight Mass. Now I'm sitting there as a little boy and looking at the Pope doing the Mass and saying, this is Christmas Eve. Is this Christ's Mass? I, my little analytical mind was always churning. Is this Christ's Mass? And I think Santa Claus was a Roman Catholic priest or something. I found out later he was a 4th century Roman Catholic bishop. And because he gave gifts to children, some of the historians say they believe that he was a pedophile. He was seducing children. And uh, he was Roman Catholic. I had a fellow call me yesterday He said, What's wrong with the Roman Catholic Church? And I begin to explain to him. They believe in eating human flesh. That, I said, that's what the Mass is. The Mass is human flesh. Eating human flesh. And that's when they raise the Eucharist up and say, Hocus corpus fili. That's a Latin phrase. They say that turns that cracker into the literal body and blood of Christ. Then they invite people down the aisle to accept the Eucharist or accept Christ. That's where it comes from. And I said, they believe in eating this. And I explained to him, when Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. But I said, that was an ancient idiom of the Jews. I said, eat flesh and drink blood. You can find that over in Ezekiel, the 39th chapter, the destruction of Magog and Gog at the end of time where God's going to kill all these millions of people or billions of people in the world until the fowls of the air and the and the carnivorous animals come and eat flesh and drink blood for the feast I've prepared for you. And he says the same thing, come and eat the flesh of the captains and kings of the earth over there in Revelation, the 19th chapter, when he slaughters all of the world. And by this time, the guy had hung up on me. I said, are you there? And he had hung up. He didn't want to hear the rest of it, I guess. But that's one of the things that America's teaching. They're teaching the mass. Now, what is where to cut? That's one of the things they're teaching. The Baptists are teaching. Baptists are teaching accept Christ, and that's not true. Accept Christ as the method of salvation. Method. That's not the method of salvation. Or saved, being saved. That's not the method at all. The Bible says the natural man, sukikos, P-S-U-C-H-I-K-O-S. Sukikos means the physical man, the sensual man, the man that can taste, touch, can smell, can see and hear this physical man doesn't receive decomai decomai comes from deck 
which is the word ten in the Greek, and a decade is ten years, and dekomai means to reach out the ten fingers and accept an offer that's been given. Dead men do not accept Christ or anything else. And they say that sinner's prayer is the method of salvation. They put these two together, accept Christ and sinner's prayer. And they say the sinner's prayer is the method of being saved simply because Romans 10.13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it doesn't say that's the method of salvation. It says if you ever come to the place of calling on the Lord, truly calling on the name or on the onoma, the authority of God, onoma, or his word is his authority, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. But the next verse says you cannot call on the name of the Lord until you believe. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? Now, I am kind of putting a lot of the, a lot, and these, these do not agree with Catholicism, which the Catholics say you've got to eat the body of Jesus to be saved. And the Baptists say you've got to accept Christ, and the Bible don't teach that. The Bible teaches, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Believe is the verb, and faith is the noun. Faith is the word pistis. Believe is pistuo. I'm just simply reviewing a lot of the things that people are saying. The Church of Christ say you've got to be dipped in water, in water, in water, and you have to be dipped by a Church of Christ preacher, pastor. And you've got to believe the Church of Christ, simply because it's got Church of Christ out front, you have to believe that's the Church of Christ. That's like saying, I can put Jim Brown, M.D., uh, on the, my mailbox, and that makes me a doctor, right? That don't make me a doctor because I put it out there. There's What about Church of God in the Bible? What about John the Baptist? Most of the Church of Christ don't know that Alexander Campbell who started the Disciples of Christ, which was the first title for the Church of Christ, he was baptized by a Baptist preacher in the Redstone Baptist Association. You can get that out of McClinic and Strong. All you got to do is look up Alexander Campbell. Got all that. So all of these people disagree with each other. The Church of Christ disagree with the Baptists. They disagree with the, disagree with the Catholics. And the Methodist is kind of like a country club. My father was a Methodist song leader before he became an independent Baptist preacher. And the Methodist, my mother told me, uh, when you are a child, if you do good things, I was about five years old when she told me that. I'll never forget she said, if you do good things, God will put a white mark on your heart. And then if you do bad things, he'll put a black mark. And if you have more white marks than black marks, you get to die. When you die, you get to go to heaven. Oh, Mama, that ain't right. So the Methodists disagree with the Baptists. These all disagree with each other. And they get mad at me for telling them what the Bible says. And then you got diff you got Pentecostals. Some of them say you got to speak in tongues to go to heaven. There's two words for tongue: dialectos and glossa. Dialectos means dialect, and there was a different dialect in every city state, and it was given to the world by Alexander the Great.
And glossa means foreign language. There's no such thing as Pentecostal tongues. So they disagree with the Baptists and with the Church of Christ and with the Catholics. They all disagree. And because I correct them, people say, you must have a bad attitude, Jim. No, these people have a bad attitude. Their problem is, the problem with America, the coronavirus is here, the results of the coronavirus is America's hearts are hardened by all of these winds of doctrine that's being taught in America today. People are hardened and calloused and they don't care what things mean. Let me have my Church of Christ doctrine. I'm not going to let you have it. I can't let you have it. I'll tell you that that's not true, that baptized does not mean to immerse in water means to cover with a stain or dye and a blood baptism was a death. He's washed us from our sins in his own blood. Jesus asked James and John, can you be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? He was talking about he's going to die on the cross the next day. He wasn't saying, can you back up three and a half years and be washed in water? He was washed in water, but that was a proselyte process. I got much to say on that, but I don't think because you heard me say that, You know everything I've got to say about it because I've got so much to say about it. Now, the winds of doctrine has made the church apathetic and their hearts are hardened. Let's Let's go to Ephesians. It's all of these winds of doctrine. What happens to the church? They get into a state of apathy when they hear too many doctrines you know what apathy is apathy comes from pathos pathos means something with pain a doctor a pathological doctor is a doctor of painful diseases it means pain when you place the alpha primitive in front of pathos the alpha primitive has a negative particle in e g p a r t. That's well it'll say it in your it'll say it in your concordance. As a negative particle, it's the first letter of the Greek alphabet. It negates the word, and the Bible says, "Here's what winds of doctrine do to the church." Winds of doctrine, and that means. Any old thing that comes along that's blown into your society by wind of no authority. Apathos means no pain. The alpha negates pathos. And apathy means no pain, no feeling. Just... Let me put it this way. I'm just not interested in what definitions of words are. I I don't care about doctrine. I heard Pat Boone say one time, of course, he's a TBN person as well as an old rock and roll singer. I heard Pat Boone say one time on TBN, he said, one man's doctrine is another man's garbage. Pat, you are an idiot. You're stupid. 
if anyone comes preaching any other doctrine, didache. There's two words for doctrine, didache and didaskalia. And they mean instruction. What he was saying, it doesn't matter about what God instructed. Instruction. Instruction. There are, there are several words in... He was saying instruction doesn't matter. You can get a computer and you can hook it up and just plug it in and, and take a, some of those wires and say, let me see, where does that fit? Oh, here's a plug. And plug it anywhere. You can't do that. You have to have instruction. You don't, you can't just, if anyone preaches any other doctrine, do not bid them Godspeed, Caro. This is 3rd John, or 2nd John 10. 2nd John 10. If anyone preaches any other doctrine, do not bid them Godspeed, Caro. It comes from the word charis. Charis is the word grace. It means unmerited favor. Don't be gracious to them. You don't have to treat them mean. You don't have to be sharp and cutting to them. Just don't have anything to do with them. Withdraw from them. If you bid them God's speed, which means to be cheerful to them and be, become friends with them and court them as a friend, then your partaker, then in Second John 11, if you bid them Godspeed, you're a partaker of their evil deeds. So don't say, you doctrine doesn't matter. Anybody preaches any other doctrine, you're not supposed to be running with those people. Now, men have gotten very apathetic. Let's read that over here in Ephesians 4. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. It talks about winds of doctrine and people. The only reason Paul writes all of these letters to all of these churches is because they had a lot of problems in them. People were saying things that weren't true. He says down here in in verse... Uh, Let's read in verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, perfect does not mean to be without sin. Perfect is the word teleos. T-E-L-E-I-O-S. It means mature. So the saints can mature and grow up. They have to be listening to truth. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The body of Christ we know is the church, according to Colossians 1.18 and 1.24. The body is the church. Is church. And edify is the word oiko, O-I-K-O-D-O-M-E-O. Orchodomeo is the word edify. It's also the word, it's the word edify or edification. It's all the word, so the word build. So build and edify are the same thing. And edify comes from oikos, which is the word house or family or family. 
and it in the word domain d-o-m-e it looks like dome and that's what it is but it was the greek word for roof so to build up the house the roof was the last thing they put on a house they had to have a foundation foundation and that's faith i'm not going to go into that right now faith but there's something that builds up the house of god when the roof was put on but the roofs were flat excuse me for making that peak there the roofs were flat and they had a little ladder that went up the side of the house and the ladder that went up to the side of the house well let me do this different let me do this again their houses had a flat roof so they could dry all of their dry all their figs on the top of the house a door and they had these staircase going up the side of the house so they could dry their figs and so forth and so what what really builds up the house of God and the Bible says Christ is the son of his own house whose house are we? we're the house of God the the amazing thing is the house in the Old Testament was the Holy of Holies. They said this was God's house because he came down and lived between the cherubim. It was God's house. And what builds up the house of God, the Bible says charity edifieth. This is what builds up the house of God. I don't know why the translators put charity in there because it's the word agape. It's it's one of the words for love. All through the New Testament, love was translated. The word agape and phileo were translated into love. They're not even the same word. I don't know why the why those guys did that. Why those translators, but they did. Agape is walking in the commandments of God. Second John 6 says so. This is love, that we walk after his commandments. So that's what agape is. And agape was a relationship that fathers had for their sons and that, that kings had for their subjects. They gave them laws and they willingly walked in them. That's what Second John 6 says. This is love. This is agape, that we walk after God's commandments. That's agape. So charity, agape, builds up the house of God. You want to know what builds you up? It's walking after the commandments of God. Now, so I was there in for the edifying, the building up of the house of God, that's us, of the body of Christ, which is the church. So the church is us. Then he says, till we all come in unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, till a teleos man, a mature man. you got to mature and grow up. There's another synonym for mature. It's the word arete. That's a synonym. It's a word that basically means the same thing as teleos. Besides all this, give all diligence, add to your faith, and it says it says virtue, which is arete. 
maturity. We have to add maturity to our faith. Then he says, Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth, if you're going to grow up, and you're going to be mature, you henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Then it's going to tell you what happens. The winds of doctrine in America are the Baptists and the Catholics and the Church of Christ and the Pentecostals, the Charismatics. Even even the United Pentecostals and Apostolics say, they say that when you're dipped into water, you got to pronounce the whoever's dipping you has to pronounce over you in the name of Jesus only. They're called Jesus only people or oneness people. They say there is no Trinity in Christ, and that's what T.D. Jakes is. He's an apostolic or United Pentecostal. Same thing. And they say if you're dipped in water and that's not pronounced over you, you're not saved. You're not a believer. It's idiocy. And you think that's confusing people? That's why the church is apathetic. I was driving home yesterday. I was thinking, Lord, why? This is what really got my mind on this. I kept thinking, Lord, why are people not interested? I go out in public with these T-shirts on that says, God doesn't love everybody. A predestination's true. If you don't believe that, you're out of Christ. And I got a reason for saying it all. The Bible says, He that denieth Christ is out of Christ. Deny or my means to contradict. Or my. If you contradict the Word of God and you say all these things that these guys say that do not agree with Scripture, you're Antichrist. You're not the Antichrist. Antichrist is only found in First and Second John. That's the only place. You're not the man of sin. You're just anti in place of or in opposition to Christ. You've placed yourself in his place when you agree with all these winds of doctrine. And then he says, From thenceforth we be no more children tossed to and fro. That's what's wrong with the world. They're being tossed to and fro. And they come to a place where they say, I just don't care what the truth is, or even if there is a truth. I don't believe most of the people I run across in America really care about their truth. I had to go to the dentist yesterday, had to have a crown put in. And after I got through, I told the assistant, I said, I had on this shirt, said, God does not love everybody. I said, people don't like it when they read that. But I said, that has a Greek meaning. I said, I didn't say that. The Apostle Paul said that. He said, God loved Jacob and hated Esau before either one were born, before either one had done any good or evil. I said, people act like I said that. I didn't say that. Paul said that. And I said, predestination is true. The Bible says, and I go into predestination. I said, I got a DVD here. I wish you'd watch it. And I took it out of my pocket uh, it has three messages on predestination, and they're all about God does not love everybody. She said, I'm going to watch that. And I got to think when I come home, maybe she's not even interested. I give DVDs away everybody. Every day I carry 
five or six or seven of them in my pocket. And as soon as somebody says something, I give them a DVD. You know, I've given away thousands of DVDs and cassettes and VCRs in this town alone myself. You know how many calls I've gotten on them? Zero. None. Is that depressing to me? And it makes me realize, what is it that keeps people away? Well, the Baptist church down here preaching Accept Christ and Sinner's Prayer. The church across the church across the street preaching uh, you got to be dipped in water by a Church of Christ preacher and you got to partake of crackers and grape juice every week that we call communion. I don't even believe in that. And they'll say that, and if you don't do that, you can't go to heaven when you die. Kind of like the old story, the Baptist died and went to heaven. And the St. Peter, we don't believe this either, but St. Peter's showing them around heaven. And he goes over here and said, that's the church, that's the Baptist over here. And he goes along farther down the road and says, that's the Assemblies of God over here. Then they come to another room. He says, shh, that's the Church of Christ in here. They think they're the only ones here. Don't make any noise. (laughs) They don't believe you. If you're not a Church of Christ, you're not going to heaven. Now, let's keep reading. They're carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men. Slight. Slight has the idea, it's the word cubia. K-U-B-E-I-A. It means cube, but it's talking about dice. It's talking about switching dice and coming up with loaded dice to get your way. By the slight of men with cunning craftiness, panogia, P-A-N-O-R-G-E-I-A. P-A-N-O-U-R-G-E-I-A. It means adroit. You say, Jim, I don't understand that. It means to be adroit or to divert, to show trickery. These people are preaching trickery is what they're doing. They're not defining anything. Tell a church of Christ or a Baptist that baptized does not mean to dip into water. It means to cover with a stain or dye. And that was, it comes from baptizo and bapto, and that was a term in the first century for a woman who stained and dyed clothes. She died, she was dying clothes. We're dyed with the blood of Christ. Baptize originally was not a verb. A verb shows action. You think it's dipping somebody down showing action? Yeah. Baptize was an infinitive originally. That's called an infinitive. The simple term for it would be verbal noun. That's exactly what Mr. Strong will say when you take the B volume, look up baptize. He'll say being a verbal noun, what's well, an infinitive? It means it's a noun, nonetheless, with verbal character. 
The verbal character is the movement upon the subject of a fluid from an outer source outer source upon the subject and it stains and dies him. That's what it originally meant. Men have twisted it all to pieces. He's washed us from our sins in his own blood. He asked James and John, can you be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? I'm going to die the death tomorrow. They're going to crucify me. Can you do that? He didn't mean, can you be dipped in water? I, do you know I've never heard anyone in my life approach those verses in Matthew, the 10th chapter? Nobody. Can you be baptized with baptism I'm baptized with? I've never heard anybody say baptism means to stain with a dye, and that's what Revelation 7 is talking about when it says, or the Revelation of the first chapter when he says he's washed from our sins in his own blood or Revelation 7 that says our robes are made white in the blood of Christ that was a death if you get these McClinic and Strong and look up baptized look up all these words look up cup drinking of cup meant, meant to undergo a death along with that statement that Jesus made to James and John can you be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? He also said, can you drink the cup that I drink of? Both of those meant to die. Now, let's keep reading. With cunning craftiness, they lie in wait to deceive the believer. That word receive, deceive is the word plané. It means to lead away. It comes from the word planetes, P-L-A-N-E-T-E-S, or planeo, P-L-A-N-E-O. And planeo means to cause, to go out of, let me erase this here, cause to go out of, the way. That's what planeo means. And there's only one way, and that way is narrow. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And only a few are going to find it because most of the world is looking for these winds of doctrine that they're hearing. And the winds of doctrine are literally making the church wander around when I say the church, I mean the true church. They hop from place to place and they go from church to church. And what they're looking for is the truth and they don't even realize it till they hear it. When they hear me teach on TV or radio or Internet, I have people call me. I've had three particular ladies call me recently. One called me Friday. She said, I have never heard anybody like this in my life. She said, I've been going to church since I was a little girl. I said, how old are you? She said, 81. I said, you're my age. I said, when were you born? She said, in June of 1939. I said, I'm a month older than you. And she said, I've never heard this in my life, and I'm 81. She said, this is fantastic. I had another lady, 81, call me.
or she might have been 86. She said, I've never heard anybody talk like this. I had another lady said, this is wonderful. I have never heard anyone say these things and define words like this and tell me the truth. And she said, I've been a believer all my life. I said, how old are you? She said, 95. I've never heard anybody talk this way. Well, this is the truth. When you define words and you call these guys liars, and that's what they are. I'm just tired. Let's keep reading here. But speaking the truth in love. Now, boy, this people will quote this to me. You need to speak the truth in love. It doesn't say... It does not say... Let me find me a place to write. It does not say... Speak... The truth... In like... (laughs) Or in affection... Or in phileo... To be nice to somebody... And be affectionate to them... It doesn't say that... It says speaking the truth in agape... While you are telling people the truth, walk in his commandments. One of the commandments in this very chapter, every time you have an imperative mood, it's a commandment. Now in this chapter, after he says that you're going to become apathetic, it says down here in in uh, verse 26 to be ye angry at the winds of doctrine be angry is an imperative mood it's it's a word that means to it's the word ogizomai masculine gender Be angry, it's an imperative command, and it's talking about the very subject of this chapter. Imperative, it's an imperative command. If Paul is saying this in a in a in a book that was inspired by the Holy Spirit, then this is God saying it, isn't it? If it's God saying it, and it's a command by God, it's the Holy Spirit commanding it, Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit and Jesus agree in everything. These three agree in one, and they never they never disagree. So Jesus is saying, be angry at the winds of doctrine. That's one of the commands of God. So if you speak the truth, you're going to walk in God's commandments, and you're going to give the same commandments that he gives. Be angry is a command. Just like strive to enter at the straight gate. Strive is the word agonizomai. A-G-O-N-I-Z-O-M-A-I. It's our word agonize. Agonize, and it comes from agon. The agon was where they raced the races. 
That was the agon. If you look up <clears throat> Webster's Dictionary, if you got a New World Dictionary, look up agony. Be in agony, Jesus said. This is not an easy gospel. These winds of doctrine that all these guys are preaching, the Baptists and the Church of Christ and the Catholics, that's an easy gospel, an easy Jesus. It's the other Jesus. Paul said some will come preaching another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel that I have not preached. Now let's keep reading here. Now, all right, where was I? But speaking the truth in love, you may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, the church, is fitly joined together. Fitly joined is the word soon armalagaomai. It means to it means to join together, to impact together. Let me tell you what it means. Summa And it's everything that these guys don't do. The Baptists, the Pentecostals, the Church of Christ, the Catholics. Somebody will call me and say, What do you got against the Catholics? I said they believe in eating human flesh. That's what? But as he's not talking about that, he's talking about partaking of the body of Christ. Remember I said eat doesn't always mean to put something in your mouth and chew it. Jesus told the apostles in John 4, I have a meat to eat of that you know nothing about. And my meat is to do the will of the Father. It's doing his will. And the word nomos is the Greek word law, and it means legally prescribed food for animals. In our case, sheep. So we eat the word of God, don't we? Now, let me keep on reading. But the whole body fitly joined together and compacted, compacted, by that which every joint supplies. It's talking about something that is joined together like the joints of your body and that we're the same way. This word sunarmalageomai comes from harmas and this is something these guys don't do. The Baptists, the Pentecostals, the Church of Christ, the Catholics, they don't do this. It comes from harmas Amalagaomai. It, it's a construction of harmas, means to articulate. Harmas. So let me erase some of this. I can leave this up there, that title. Uh, I can't understand you. He's got, you got, he's got it recorded. Oh, okay. I'll go ahead and erase this. But the coronavirus has resulted. God says, I'll bring sword, famine, pestilence, and the beast. God has brought this pestilence upon America because men, the preachers, are not telling the truth. And how can we be obedient to his word when they're not telling the truth? 
And the world is apathetic and they don't care if there is a truth and care what the truth is. They don't care. That's apathy. And the Bible says the winds of doctrine, these guys are going to end up making the church. Well, we don't care. I don't care what. I don't care if it's the truth. I don't care about whether God's predestinated us or not, or whether I have free will or not. I got my car, I got my house, and I got my kids, and I'm making my payments and making my rent, and that's all the truth I need. That's the way the world feels. It takes more than that to get into heaven. Your apathy won't get you in. Harmas means to articulate means to articulate clearly. It means to... It has basically the same meaning as Lego. Harmas means to articulate. To articulate is to speak clearly. That means to speak clearly and the word soon means with or together. Soon armelego my soon a r m e o l o g e m a i. Soon armelego my means soon harmas soon. You've heard me use that so many times. Soon means to blend together with. The church will not blend listening to winds of doctrine, all this confusion out there, and they don't even agree with each other, and they get mad at me for correcting them. That's amazing to me. You guys ought to be ashamed of yourself. You call yourself preachers. I've chewed out a couple of them in public right here in town, in front of people. I don't mind when I see some guy lying to the American public. I'm going to say something about it. God is, if I seek to please men, I am not the servant of Christ. I'm not trying to make anybody happy. I'm just trying to tell the truth. Sometimes I get hard on it because I'm very passionate about the truth. Do I believe in what I'm saying? Absolutely, with all my heart and soul. If you try to soft pedal, I don't like these guys soft pedaling, preaching this slushy, mushy Jesus. Just walk down the aisle and accept Christ, your personal Savior, and you'll feel so happy and so wonderful. And we'll dip you in water and you can say, hey, I've been baptized. Silly people. Harmas means to speak clearly. Hamas, the word is sunharmalagaomai. Logos, it means to speak, articulate the word of God clearly together. That's what binds the church together. Otherwise, when you listen to these winds of doctrine, it's going to tell you what happens when you listen to the winds of doctrine in the following two or three verses. Let's read that. Fitly joined together and compacted soon beyond zo, and it means to bond together 
and to stabilize by which every joint supplieth. It's talking about joints being, it's like the joints of a body. According to the effectual working, the word effectual working is the word energia, E-N-E-R-G-E-I-A. Energia, we get the word in, and ergon. Ergon is the common word labor or work. Work within the church. Where was I? Maketh, maketh the increase of the body, the church, unto edifying, oikodomeo, building up the house, which is what we are, of itself in agape, walking in the commandments of God. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity this is what will happen to you when you listen to these winds of doctrine, to these false teachers. Here's what will happen to you. You'll walk in the vanity of your mind. Vanity is the word mataotes, M-A-T-A-I-O-T-E-S, M-A-T-A-I-O-T-E-S. Matoyotes, that's the vanity of your mind. That means you're transient. You'll be walking around looking for truth and you won't find it. Do you know I, most people that call me that love this message, they say, I've been, I've been just migrating from church to church. A transient is somebody who, we think of a transient, somebody who wanders from one street to the next street and begs all the time. And that's kind of what we become when we listen to these winds of doctrine. And the vanity of their minds, and here's something else that happens to the believer. It's talking about believers listening to the winds of doctrine. And what happens to you? You have the understanding, dianoia, dia, the understanding becomes darkened. The understanding is the word dianoia, D-I-A, N-O-I-A. It's the method of thinking, or N-O-U-S, noose. The method of thinking or understanding becomes scotizo. It becomes dark. That is a form of the word S-K-O-I-S-K-I-A which is the word shadow. A shadow was a darkening. The Old Testament is a shadow and the New Testament is the very image. Skia is the word shadow. Scotizo is a form of the word shadow. It means to dark. Your understanding is dark and you don't understand anything. How? By listening to these winds of doctrine here. 
Now, let's get on to the place where I want to help you understand. When you listen to the winds of darkness, this is what's wrong with America, and this is what is the coronavirus has brought. This is what the, brought the coronavirus. The coronavirus was brought. The results of the coronavirus is all of this, or the coronavirus is the results of all this. All these winds of doctrine. The accept Christ, the sinner's prayer for salvation, the let Jesus come into your heart. You can't let God do anything. He does as he pleases. Faith healing. Huh? Faith healing. Yeah. Good boy. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated, alienated. Apollo Trio. A-P-A-L-L-O. A-P-A-L-L-O-T-R-I-O. Apolotrio means to be estranged, to be separated. When a man is estranged from his wife, he's separated from her. Let me just put it the way it is. To be estranged from the life of God through ignorance... Ignorance, agnoia, A-G-N-O-I-A, A-G-N-O-I-A, comes from the word gnosis, and the alpha primitive. We get the word agnostic from that. An agnostic is one who doesn't know if there is any knowledge of God or not. I don't know if there is, and I'm not interested in finding out. And the Bible says you get that way when you listen to these winds of doctrine. America is just don't care. Takes us on to that. Now let's look. having their understanding darkened, being alienated or separated or estranged from the life of God through their agnoia, their ignorance that is in them because of the blindness, 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 porosis, P-O-R-O-S-I-S, I've got many words here. I got it over here, parao. This is a synonym for harden. It's a synonym for scleros. It's a synonym for ba'ar. It's a synonym for alagos. Ba'ar is the word brutish in the Old Testament. Brutish means dull of hearing. And when you are ba'ar, you have the, it's the word brutish. And it, brute, a brute beast is one that you cannot teach anything. He will not learn. I've had a lot of dogs. The stupidest dog I've ever had is an English bulldog. Well, he was dumb. But he couldn't help it. He was just made that way as an English bulldog. He'd slobber all over the place. And you could say, come here, Charlie. And he'd just go... <laughs> throw spit everywhere he would not come you couldn't get him to sit all he would do is eat wag his tail 
He was a brutish beast. To be brute means you can't learn. It means to be stupid. It means dull of hearing. And what makes you dull of hearing is listen to these winds of doctrine. They'll destroy you if you want to go to the big Baptist church because they have pizza parties and baseball games and they have ice cream parties and and they got a program for the kids and they get up and go, I love Jesus because he first loved me. They don't have any idea what that means. I'm just tired of that. I saw that as a kid in my father's church and they have testimony meetings and some little girl, 12, would get up. I love Jesus because he first loved me. You don't know that's the word of God. They walk in God's commandments, do you, little girl? I don't believe in teaching kids things that have no meaning to it. Then he says, through the blindness, the porosis, it means to be calloused. If you listen to these winds of doctrine, you become calloused. You mean, what do you mean by that? You just don't care. A callous is like... One time I, when I was in the fifth or sixth grade, I can't remember which, I climbed over a chain link fence and left my arm on it. And for years I had a cut in my arm, just ripped it open. And it ended up calloused, and you could punch it with a needle and I couldn't feel it. No feeling none so if you got porosis I got a lot of words on porosis a lot of words it means to be hardened Where's, okay let me see here blindness of the heart then it says here's the verse I've been coming to who being past feeling you that's what happens with the blindness of your heart you don't feel anything anymore and that's all due to listening to these winds of doctrine if you hop from church to church and most of us have done that haven't we hop from church to church looking for somebody to tell us the truth and when you're elect of God when you hear it, you say that's it that's what I've been looking for it's not at the Baptist church or the church of Christ or the Pentecostal church. They jump up and down and say, this is my feeling, and that's all it is, is a feeling. Who being past feeling have given, this is what happens when you give yourself, you're apathetic. They've given themselves over into lasciviousness. Aselgia, A-S-E-L-G-E-I-A. A-S-E-L-G-E-I-A. It means wantonness. It means you have no restraint in anything you want to do that makes you feel good. I like it and I'm going to do it. And you don't have any self-control. No incratia. E-G- K-R-E-T-E-I-A. That's one of the things you have to add to your faith there in Second Peter 1 and starting in 1 and 5. In criteria is temperance. 
you have to control yourself. Mainly because when we don't control ourselves, we end up very disappointed in ourselves and say, why did I do that? I feel like such an ignorant idiot. I've been one. If you're one, then you need to repent of it. Who being past feeling have given themselves over. These are the things that happen to the believer when he listens to all this garbage in America. And that's why I have such a hard time. I'm not going to reach people. If God don't reach them, I can't. I'm not even going to try to reach people. I give them the truth and I walk away. I usually had them a DVD or something. They're giving themselves over to lasciviousness, salgia. Be wanton. That means you have no restraint. You give yourself to hedonism. Hedonism means you get into involved hedonistic. Hedonism, hedone, means to give yourself over to any kind of sleazy, underhanded, wanton, licential, just no restraint, whatever you want to do sexually or anything else or drinking or drugs or booze. I want it and I like it. I'm going to do it. That'll get you in hell one day. And Christians, when you belong to God and you listen to this, this is what you get into. And it's all a result of the coronavirus in America. You just don't care anymore. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness, to work uncleanness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. I want it. Have you ever been that way? More of it. I have. We've all been that way. I know that you have because there's no temptation you but taking you but such as is common to man. And I'm a man. And I've admitted in my heart how I am. And asked God to forgive me of it and change my ways. So I know everybody, everybody that hears this has been this way. I have people calling from time to time. Ladies will call me and say, I've been so loose. I've been been a prostitute. Well, everybody's been a prostitute. People think that's one way, just the woman. Oh, that's men too. To work all uncleanness with greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ. So he's talking to believers, isn't he? How much time do I have, Mike? 30. 30. I was going to get back to the Sabbath. What will keep you from this, what will keep you from it, is listening to the truth, growing in faith. If so be you have heard him and have taught by him the truth is in Jesus, but put off concerning your former conversation. Conversation doesn't mean what you've said. It's the word anostrophe. A-N-A-S-T-R-O-P-H-E. Put off your anostrophe. 
your old method of conversation, anastrophe. Your former, your former method of living, your old behavior. That's what it means. It's your behavior. I don't want to put a you in there, behavior. Your old behavior, putting a, but put it, but concerning the former conversation, the old man, we're back to the old man. The old man gets, you get involved in your old man when you listen to these winds of doctrine. And the world has been perverted by the winds of doctrine for thousands of years. And we're close to the end of time. And God is saying, I'm not going to have that anymore among my believers. I want to put you in a great tribulation such as was not from the beginning of the world known or ever shall be. And that'll be because you've been involved in all of this sun and tree worship, Christ's mass, accept Christ, sinner's prayer because you, for salvation you will pray to God after you believe but be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man well where did we find that before Romans 7 I got two men in me I got the outer man and the inner man and you're going to find Paul talking about that in Ephesians 4 in 2 Corinthians 4 And in Colossians, the third chapter, he's going to talk about the inner and the outer man. Put on the inner man and get rid of these winds of doctrine. And these winds of doctrine take you back to living like your old man because you're not mature. If you notice, he's talking about maturity all through this chapter. And then he says, put on the new man. I've preached on that over and over and over again. The new man is Christ in you, the hope of glory that serves the law of God. The outer man serves the law of the flesh, according to Romans 7, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore putting away lying preachers, Speaking every man truth with his neighbor. Tell people the truth. Aletheia. A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A. Comes from Lanthano. Which means to lie hid. To conceal. Conceal. And the alpha privilege in front of that negates, the word gives an opposite meaning, translates aletheia or truth. It means not to hide anything. That's what I'm doing up here. I'm telling you the definition. And most of the people I talk to out in public, they just don't care. You know what most people don't care? They don't care if there is a truth. I'm happy in my life. I'm dull and bored, and I'm not excited over anything that God said. Putting away lying, speak every man truth to his neighbor, for we are members one of another. 
and be ye angry or get zomai at these winds of doctrine. And that's a command. Eventually, God's going to make his people be angry at the winds of doctrine. He said, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. On your, He says, be angry or get zomai. imperative command but sin not what's he talking about there he's talking about the orge orge is sin that's that is the anger and the wrath of a covetous man who wants revenge covetous and that's the orge or gives him i but don't orge and the orge is what we all have a problem with isn't it we don't want to get even with people for doing us wrong. Now, I started to tell you a while ago. Well, he says, Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. Brother, whether let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Stop lying. We've had people here that have been involved in their wicked imagination. We've had people come here that have said, well, I think people here are talking about me and they don't like me. And they're not. That's your paranoia. Paranoid means you think people are out to get you. People are out to climb the ladder. If you get in the way, they'll step on you, but they're not after you any more than they are anybody else. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, building up the house of God, which is us, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now, I got these other words that we're talking about a man's heart getting hardened. And past feeling means your heart's hardened. Whenever I teach on predestination, people don't like the idea over in Romans. Over in Romans. And this has to do with apathy, where people don't care. In Romans 9, when he says that he hardens whoever he wills to harden. He hardens who he wills. God does that because it's what he wants to do. And he says here in Romans 9, God wants to harden the hearts of the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction where they can't believe. Their hearts were hardened. When you look at look at Romans 9, Verse 17, For the Scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. It was God that hardened Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh when the Bible says Pharaoh hardened his own heart, 
God only allowed him to do that because he had already he had already set his mind on him to have his heart hardened. Hold on here. Let me get a paper out here. Pharaoh hardened. Pharaoh, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And he did it. These are different words in the Old Testament text about hardened. Look over in Exodus 8.32. Exodus 8. I'm tired of the preachers. I guess y'all figured that out by now, haven't you? There's not any preacher in America that I really put any faith in. I've been more disappointed in John MacArthur than any preacher in America. He's very intelligent, has an unbelievable vocabulary, but he is caught up with some of these winds of doctrine. Why is John MacArthur caught up? I believe he's a believer, but I believe he's apostate in a lot of his doctrines. I believe it's because he's selling books. He's got a he's got a congregation of ten thousand, has five thousand on Sunday morning, two different services. By the way, he is going to open up his church. He's not going to keep his church church shut down as of his recent announcements. What's he going to do when when some of his people get the coronavirus and die? With that many people, it's inevitable that people will get the coronavirus. I believe he's doing that because he's got an overhead. He's got to bring in money. And he wants to sell his books. He's got a lot of things that I believe are just way off base. He does Christmas. I wish John would watch this. Christmas is Christ's Mass. It's Roman Catholic. People say, John said on the radio one day, he said here a few years ago, I'm going to be teaching on Christmas next week. I said, i got to tune in and listen to that. He said, I'm familiar with Christmas and with the Feast of Saturn, that it is the ancient Saturnalia and the Feast of Saturn. He said, I'm familiar that December the 25th is the birthday of Mithra, the chief sun god of Rome, the ancient sun god. And then he said, however, I'm going, whoa, wait a minute. However, we're going to use this festival time of the year to serve God and to tell people about Christ. I have never seen anybody open a Christmas gift and say, thank the Lord for this gift. I need to go find some poor people and give this to them who need this more than I do. I've never seen that. And he said, I'm familiar with the pagan origins. However, we're going to use this. He might as well have said, we're going to use this pagan orgy to glorify God. It was an orgy. Seven days from December the 17th to the 24th. They threw the Yule log in the fire. The fire, the word Yule stands for fire or child. They threw the child in the fire and it sprung out the next morning as a Christmas tree and the grove was the tree goddess and God scattered Israel for going after the grove and Baal the sun god and God said concerning this in Leviticus 18 and 30 31 
Therefore shall you keep mine ordinance that you commit not any one of these abominable customs. He didn't even say don't serve their gods because Israel knew he was the only God, but they went after their culture and their customs. Giving gifts is the customs of the heathen. And John, I heard him say on the radio, I heard with my ears him say these things. He said, if we baptize people, and he was having a water baptism service on radio, and you hear the water splashing. And he said, if we baptize people the way we should, we'd put them under the water and we wouldn't let them up. John, you indicted yourself there. Baptize means to cover with a stain or die. And don't undie the people. The blood baptism was an infinitive. It was infinite. It was permanent. You're baptized with the blood and you're never unbaptized. When you come out of the water, you're unbaptized. You dry out. I've heard him say that. I've heard John say some things. I I don't understand, John. I have loved you as a brother. I hope you hear this. I've heard him say, well, I think those scorpions or those locusts coming out of the bottomless pit, he said, I, I feel like those are demons. Gosh, John, you hadn't even investigated locusts and scorpions and why they're alike. In the Greek, you know this. You have a noun and a verb form the noun. You know scorpion is scorpios. You say, what's wrong with thinking those are demons? There's no such thing as demons. Scorpios is the word scorpion, and the verb form is scorpizo. It means to scatter That's the same word in John 10, the parable of the good shepherd, where Jesus says the hireling, the man who preaches for money, equates him with a shepherd over the sheep. He preaches for money and he allows the wolf. Everybody knows that wolves are false teachers. And they dressed in sheep's clothing. They looked like sheep's clothing was the wool that they wore. They they killed the sheep, took the wool, and wore that as to keep them warm. They wore the suits of a Baptist preacher, three-piece suit with a watch fob. They looked like shepherds, but they were ravening wolves, Paul said in Acts 20. He said, when I leave ravening wolves, it means to ravage destroy the flock. Sheeps, their biggest enemy are wolves, not bears and lions. If a group of wolves are on top of a hill and there's a sheepfold out at the bottom, the shepherd better be on his toes because if he goes to sleep, the, the wolves will come down and they will devastate and ravage the flock and kill them all just to be killing them, not even eat them all. And the man that wrote the book, 
shepherds look at the 23rd Psalm. He says they're, they're the terror of sheep. And they're false teachers. And Paul said in Acts 20, when I leave Ephesus, that ravaging wolves, wolves will come in and decimate the flock. Well, Scorpizzo, John 10 says, the hireling allows the wolf to come in and scatter. That's the birth form of scorpion. John, did you not know that? It's Scorpizzo. And besides that, Ezekiel, the second chapter, the Lord tells Ezekiel, he tells Ezekiel, you, you dwell among scorpions. And Ezekiel is over in Babylon. He'd been carried away in the second, uh, the second deportation. You dwell among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words. Scorpions are false teachers. How can they be like, like, how can they be like locusts? Locusts came by the hundreds of billions and one of God's judgments as well as pestilence was famine. And God would send no rain for three and a half years under Elijah and or he would send too much rain as Samuel said he would do in First Samuel the 12th chapter. And the people said, oh no, we don't need too much rain and we don't need... No rain. Uh, he said, then obey God. And God would send, he would send the scorpion. The word nomos is the, is the Greek word law. And it means legally prescribed food for animals. Or it's legally prescribed by God for sheep. And we're the sheep of his pasture. And so the scorpions steal the... They pervert the law of God, the legally prescribed food for us, and the locusts that came in billions steal the crop, the literal crop. That's why locusts are like... Scorpions are like locusts. Locusts like scorpions. I can't believe John has got a lot of error and he says what's coming out of the bottomless pit or the place of no knowledge abusas that's where Satan is locked in B-U-S-S-O-S is from bathos this is the word bottomless pit, a place of great knowledge, and the Alpha Privilege negates that. So all over the Mediterranean, the only people who had knowledge of God in the Old Testament was Israel. Everybody else had no knowledge. It's real simple, John. I'm not mad at John, I'm just disappointed. It hurts me to see a man with his brilliance and his knowledge. He's very smart. He's got a better vocabulary than I do, but I guarantee you I'm more analytical than he is. You're not analyzing enough, John, and I know you're capable. Come on. Stop that. I will never be famous like him, 
But the Bible says, Bless ye, men, when men shall reproach you. Reproach, aniedzo, means to be infamous. You're blessed when you're when you're not famous, you're infamous. John, you're just too famous. It hurts me to see a man with his brilliance and intelligence to be fallen away. Who do you think he is, Jim? If you turn over to 1 Corinthians, I'll show you what I think he's doing. You have to be hated by the world. The world don't hate you, John. He goes after the charismatics to a slight degree, but he didn't go after the Baptists. He's got too many Baptist friends that he's putting his approval on some of these winds of doctrine, accept Christ and sinner's prayer. I've heard him talk about accept Christ. And John, you know you can't do that when you're dead in sin. It just really bothers me to see a man of his caliber. When I say that, that he shouldn't even be, you shouldn't even be able to say that about him. He's very smart. He says that what's coming up out of the pit is, he said, I believe that could be demons. Demon is the word daemonion. It means to distribute fortunes. You haven't read much, have you, John, about what demons are? The people in the first century call their gods demons. And they said it was their ancestors that were deified as gods. Ancestors. This is the same thing as Shintoism. Those are not demons come out of the bottomless pit. What's coming out of the pit is the scorp is the is the locusts that are like scorpions, destroying the word of God. I just I just don't understand. Here's what I believe John is over here in the third chapter of First Corinthians. I'm not mad at John, I'm just disappointed. People say, you don't agree with anybody. I like John when he's preaching on predestination. Sometimes. One week he'll preach real good on it. The next week he'll say, how does predestination and free will walk hand in hand? I don't know, but they do. They do not, John. Look at verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, he's talking about material things matter. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire your work. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is the fire, fiery trials of this world. If a man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. 
I believe John's a lot of his works are going to burn because he's misleading a lot of people with Christmas, with Easter, saying, see, I don't believe in any holidays. Holiday means holy day. The only holy days was Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of End Gathering coupled with the Day of Atonement. And those have been blotted out. The rituals have been brought out. We're in a spiritual atonement. We're in a spiritual Passover. I don't know why John can't see that. It seems to be obvious, so obvious as the day is long. I've got so much more on this hardening of Pharaoh's heart. The Bible says God hardened his heart. The word there in Romans 9 and 18 is the word scleruno, S-K-L-E-R-U-N-O. S-K-L, it comes from this word scleros, S-K-L-E-R-U-N-O. That's the word hardened. God hardened his heart. It means calloused. He made his heart so calloused he went down into the Red Sea chasing the children of Israel when he got down in the bottom of the Red Sea like a tidal wave this Red Sea become rolling in on him I don't believe it was like the movie show a great big wall of water because he wouldn't have gone down in there he wouldn't have been that stupid I believe it was in order for three million people somewhere in that neighborhood to cross the Red Sea it would have taken them days if they'd have crossed two or three in a file because they had millions there. It would be it would be like everybody in Nashville and all of the suburbs around it plus another million crossing the Red Sea. I believe that God with a great wind blew the waters back miles. And when they got down there it's 40 or 50 miles across the Red Sea they got down in the bottom of it and they hear the roar of this water coming towards them the Bible says that God brought the waters on them there in Exodus the 14th chapter and that he took the wheels off to the chariots you'd think God didn't want Pharaoh to die he did and he hardened his heart enough to cause him to want to go down in the sea and chase the Israelites. That was a hardening of the heart. And God did that. I've got, this maybe have to be a two-part series because I want to talk about the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. That's the apathy that Christians get into when they listen to these winds of doctrine. The winds of doctrine will make you where you just don't care. I witness all the time in public. I've gotten to where I don't I don't jump on anybody. I don't jump on anybody's case. I just talk to them like I'm talking to you. I'll just say, well, that don't mean that. If you want to know what it means, I'll tell you. I'll say that to people. If they don't want to hear it, I'm not going to talk to them. If they want to hear it, I'll say, here's what it's talking about. I talk to my doctors this way and they go my cardiologist said we know you ain't never going to be a politician not the plain way you talk I said no I just laughed at him I said no I will never be a politician and he has a, some kind of an odd respect for me 
because I'll be talking to him. He'll say, whoa, wait a minute, I can't understand all that. And I said, you mean you went to cardiology school and you studied all this medicine for probably 10 or 12 years before they become. They have to do something called passing the boards, and that's very difficult. And they have to study for years and years. You can go to four years to school and get a, a get a BA or something, and then go another two years and get a master's degree and go another two years or three or four years and get a doctor's degree. And you have to be real smart to be a doctor. But the amazing thing is they don't know nothing about the Bible. None of them. Because I shock them when I, I, I sit down with a hematologist and talk to him for 30 minutes about the Bible and he sat there with his mouth open going, I started to say, the flies are going to get in your mouth if you don't shut your mouth. <laughs> Am I out of time, Mike? I really didn't, didn't get to all the things I want to on the hard heart. I'm going to come back. The whole thing of this about the Sabbath, Sabbath means rest. If you will get into God's Word, you can rest in it. These winds of doctrine won't cause you to rest. All you'll do is wrestle with it, get upset, get bent out of shape, get apathetic. Say, don't nobody bother me and my family and my house and my car. You have to get to a place where you put no confidence in your car or your house. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Lord, I'm trying so hard to tell the people what you show me. I don't know what else to say. I pray you'll help me, help the sheep, help strengthen them. I'm just saying what I can to help them with their misunderstanding. Teach them they have to stop listening to these preachers that just confuse them. When they just preach an easy gospel, an easy Jesus, that's not what you called us to do. The Jesus is a hard Jesus. He's a difficult Jesus. He makes life difficult for us through tribulation and trials and, and difficulty. But thank you for it all because it's your will. I pray that you'll strengthen the flock, the sheep all over the country that's listening to us. Help them to understand this is not a one-day learning or a one-week learning. It's something that takes you years to get strong in. We'll praise you for everything. You fight every battle we have in Christ's name. Amen. And I really mean all this. I love all of y'all. I'm not mad at any. I'm not even mad at John. I'm just disappointed in him.